Hey there, thank you so much for listening to Something Super Spiritual. My name is Jeffrey Peck, and I am a psychic medium. If you are seeking conversation with loved ones on the other side, or discussion about spirituality, life after life, and anything in between, join me as we discuss all things spirit. We are collectively experiencing a spiritual awakening right now and recognizing that we are much, much more than we once believed. We don't die and life doesn't end. We are eternal spiritual beings living in this crazy 3D virtual world of existence. Let's talk about it. Hi guys, welcome back to Something Super Spiritual, here on YouTube anyway. My guest today is Michael Christopher, an evidential medium. And as we were in the thick of our conversation, I mean, we were a good 10 minutes in, I think it dawned on me that I did not hit record. So <laughs> it was just a, a, a cluster for a minute, trying to like figure out, okay, well, I had pressed it, but then I paused it because we needed to talk about a few things and, and then forgot to go right back there. So anyway, Michael Christopher is an evidential medium with a really amazing story because like myself, he was not in the crib or in childhood with any spiritual senses. His came to him later in life in his 40s after trauma after trauma after trauma it's just it's really amazing how there are those of us who lifelong know the spiritual senses from the crib right um and then there are those of us who opened up in the time that we were supposed to through trauma and Whatever trauma, it could be a near-death experience, right? Let's say a, a, a really bad car accident or trauma of losing somebody. I know a number of people, Carrie Alderucci lost her son. Boom, that was her springboard into her spiritual awakening. With Michael, yeah, he lost his brothers to the same lung disease. He lost his sister to a, a horrifying brutal murder. And then he himself had a, a life-threatening disease that that could have easily taken him out. So, I mean, it's just, it's just really interesting. So I'd like to introduce Michael Christopher to you. I'm sorry about the little mishap, although it is Mercury retrograde and, you know, it's just one of those things. <laughs> Take two rolling. So anyway, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Happy new year, by the way. I've got a great list lineup of, of interviews set up for you over the next three, four weeks. And I'm really excited about what this year is to come. So I hope you guys enjoy. I'll talk to you soon. Oh, that is an go. absolute first. <laughs> oh, this retrograde is just nailing me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a chance for me to start over. I mean, I know the story so well. Oh, I can, yeah. I can, I can I can condense it, so it's no big deal. Oh, but it it's, really it's compelling. I mean, it's just, it's really interesting to me because so many of us come into our spiritual senses midlife through trauma. Yeah. Okay, so you weren't spiritually, like, aware as a child or as no, a young adult. No. 
Not at all. <laughs> I wasn't either. And okay, so so yeah, start 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 from the beginning again. Sure. And this time I think I will go linear. I'll just start from you know the beginning and just work up. Yeah. So so as we were just saying, you know, no, I would, you know, up until I was 45, I had no idea that I had this ability. So I will start from, you know, about midway through my Air Force career. I was in the Air Force for 20 years, retired 2009. So, and it's weird now because I look back and it's all part of, I think, a very informal education on what was going to happen, you know, happen down the road. And that's how I look back now and you can see things lined up. So, you know, I had a pretty normal life, you know, nothing nothing woo-woo about it. You know, mm-hmm. I, I joined the Air Force at 19 and there I go. But so my mother ended up remarrying around the same time me and my wife married back in. So 19, you know, <laughs> sitting here figuring out dates here, everything just blurs all together. <laughs> so it was 91, you know, and I ended up, she ended up getting married, you know, again, and out of it, I got two new brothers <laughs> and they are my brothers. I never, they, I never considered them my stepbrothers, Sure, but Jason and Danny were both born with cystic fibrosis, which is just a horrible illness. But to them, it was their life. They lived perfectly normal, as normal as they could. But unfortunately, you know, Jason around 97, he, he ended up, his lungs started to fail. He was on a transplant. Unfortunately, he got to a point where he was too ill. He would have never survived the surgery, so they had no choice but to call it off. You know, unfortunately, he ended up passing, you know, shortly after that age, 26. So, you know, that was 97. Go through that. 99, you know, I, I was going to go fly planes. I was going to learn how to fly, which required a physical outside of the Air Force. I went for this physical. They found this problem with my kidneys. They're like, you got to get this checked. Long story short, I went and got it checked, biopsies, all that good stuff. Ended up being diagnosed with a kidney disease that was fairly progressed at the time that they got, you know, they found it. And my prognosis was it eventually it would fail. You know, it was really, really, you know, progressed at that point. So it was going to happen, you know, and at that moment, it was just, you know, a decision for me at that time to learn right then and there. It's like, I have two choices, worry about this every day or it's there, deal with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just learned every day to just focus on now and not worry about tomorrow because that could just derail any motivation you have for everything. It was just like, no. So that was my first real life lesson about living in the moment, you know, that's all that matters. And that kind of framed up everything and, you know, for my future, which the story, it, it gets crazy. So you know, I go through that, go to 2001. We're from New York originally. 2001, the Trade Center gets hit. You know, they have the bombings. My brother, other brother, Danny, was on the transplant list at that time because he had gone into lung failure. Same. He ended up having a transplant two days after the, the 9-11 attacks. Went fine. Surgery went fine. He, he, he was fine, you know, really fine. But around three to five years, he, he ended up, re- the lungs ended up rejecting which is a part of transplant, you know, and usually they don't do a second, but they did. Pittsburgh hospitals took him on and he ended up getting a second, came out of that fine, Wow. you know, and away we go. So that's 2012 ish. I'm trying to keep this straight in my mind because there's so many dates and just so much went on. So trying to, all right. So that was, you know, around that 2001, 2009, 
I retired from the Air Force. A year later, 2010, my kidneys failed. You know, and I was like, here we are. And, you know, going through that, living, learning or living with that notion or knowing it was going to happen, you know, I thought I had it in my mind. You know, I, I was prepared. Nothing prepares you for the day that they say, you know, they have failed. You need to start dialysis and we need to start looking at options for transplant. So I remember leaving the doctor's office that afternoon and just driving. You know, I just drove three hours just trying to make sense of what just happened. You know, it just facing the reality of what's what's happened. Yeah. And I get home. You know, I tell my wife about the appointment and I told her right then and there, I was like, I can't do this. I said, I can't, I, I don't want to go through waiting. I don't want to start dialysis. I don't want to wait for a kidney. I said, I just, I'm done. And, you know, I just told her, I said, I'm just more afraid of living than I am dying at this point. I just, it frightened me so bad about not knowing there was something in that was just like overpowering. And it was just like, death was easy. Death was the easier option for me in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it was probably the next day, day or two. I just had this thought, complete 180. I was like, I, I have to give this a chance. You know, and I, I just remember having this thought, this feeling, you know, reflecting back on what Jason went through. He didn't have the option of anything. He didn't have, you know, the equivalent of dialysis for lungs. Once they fail, you're done. And I, I just thought, you know, how can I do this? You know, how can I just give up? And so I, I made the decision that I would give it a year. You know, we'll go forward. We'll see what happens. I said, but if it doesn't happen within a year, I'm done. I just can't live on a machine. Mm -hmm. So fortunately, my other brother tested, was a match for the transplant. So I started dialysis in May of 2010. We had a surgery date set for September 10th, 2010. Two weeks before the surgery, my brother ends up getting a staph infection, which turns MRSA which makes them immediately ineligible for oh, the surgery. Yeah. So, you know, here we are back to square one. And again, at this point, you know, I just had, and I, I just remember the nurses in the dialysis center. They, they were some of the best people I think I've ever met in my life. I just kept this just real attitude about it. I was like, I'm, I'm, this is my life. I'm still alive. I feel good. That's all that matters. And I just, you know, I wasn't one of them that walked in there, like just pissed at the world that I got to go through this. I was like, no, this is, this is keeping me alive. This is giving me a chance. This is good. And I tried to live as normally as I could. I still exercised every day. I did everything that I could within, you know, my physical abilities at that time. And just having that positive outlook was just everything, you know, it just, you know, did I slip into those dark thoughts? Absolutely. Sure. But it was just like the moment I caught myself, I bring myself back like, no, this is good. So 10 days after we find out my brother's ineligible, I had a friend of mine that was in the Air Force with me who reached out. I, I guess he had heard over Facebook, whatever. So he reached out. He was asking me questions. And I was like, what are you curious about this? He goes, no, I want to donate. And it just I was like, what? <laughs> you know, out of nowhere, I hadn't talked to him for probably three or four years. Um, and I was like, okay. So I gave him the information. He contacted the transplant center, went through all the testing, got Air Force approval to do this because he was still active duty. And I'm cutting a lot of the story out, but so he's a match. We go forward December 7th. We go through the transplant, you know, and everything went just fine for both of us, you know, and now I sit, you know, I'm 12 years post kidney transplant. So I can say it's just been 
It's been great. I mean, I've I've been lucky, <laughs> very lucky. So as if there's not enough, or if that wasn't enough, you know, we go to, I think it was about maybe it was shortly after my transplant, my my brother started going through kidney failure himself, the one who had the second lung transplant. And wow. so he had to start dialysis. Wow. And so he's looking for a kidney now after everything he's been through, two double lung transplants. I used to ask him, I looked at him, I said, dude, I went through this crap once. I, I, I don't think I could do this again. How the hell are you going? You know, how, what keeps you going? Yeah. You know, and he had a seven year old daughter. I mean, it was just like, you know, so that was everything, but I was just like, talk about mental fortitude. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, there's no freaking way, you know, it's like, someone's telling me my ticket's being punched. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do this. But he started dialysis and about six months into that, unfortunately, he ended up developing lymphoma cancer in his lungs. And shortly after that, 2012, February of 2012, he ended up passing away at 42 from oh, cancer. So it was just like, you know, you know, here we go again. You know, it was just one of those things. It was just, you try to process it. And, oh, sure. You know, and then <laughs> I, I, I laugh and snicker now because it's, you know, it's just, you can't write this stuff. Yeah. I'm at work one day. This is 2015, August, 2015. My mom calls me. She's like, your sister's been stabbed. And I was just like, what do you mean? My sister's been stabbed. She goes, we don't know anything more yet. I'll fill you in. Okay. Turns out she was in her, her, she was a barber and she was in the shop by herself on a Friday afternoon, middle of the day, someone had snuck in the back with the intention of killing her or robbing the place. He came out from behind, whatever he did, he ended up stabbing her in the neck twice. Oh. She made it out into the street before the ambulance came, you know, but by the time they got her to the hospital, she had lost so much blood. They said they, she had numerous heart attacks before she even went to the, you know, got her to the oh hospital. Oh my gosh. You know, and she, she was 32 at the time, but two days after that, you know, she was on life support. They basically said she's, you know, she's gone. She's brain dead. So took her off life support. So she passed. Oh. So yeah, I, you need to process that for a moment. I mean, that's just like, it, it was just nuts. You know, it was just every time the phone rang, you know, it was, it was like, all right, what, what's wrong? Because it was yeah. never a call about, hey, how you doing? Anytime my mom called, I still have that. You know, it's just like, especially if it's around holidays, because. Christmas time for us was always something was brewing, you know, it was just crazy. But so, so that was that. And again, you know, up until 45, I had no idea this world existed. Now I got to say, I got to add this in because this is an important part. In 2000, when John Edward first started his show on TV crossing over, me yes. and my wife tuned in. And I think that was our first experience with a medium ever. Okay. We we're just fascinated by that. We're like, whoa. You know, so we, we started watching, we started reading books on mediums. I mean, I, I've probably read, I got a bookshelf full, you know. So I look back now and I was like, all that education was like the best informal education I could have had for, for what is about to happen. For what was coming, you know? yeah. Yeah. So, so, so after Jackie passed, her murder went unsolved for almost five. And I think it was about the two month point. I had actually reached out to a, a psychic. Now I had never talked to a psychic, nothing. I was working out one day, I seen this website and I followed it and it was about this medium channeling for a, a son that had committed suicide. 
and I saw a website and I clicked, you know, later on I went to it and I found this part of the website where they had psychics at work on these cases. So I reached out and I just asked, can somebody point me in the direction of somebody who does this work? And two ladies reached out to me, you know, and we're, we're close now, but they didn't ask anything of me. They didn't ask for money. They didn't ask. They just started working with me. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> you know, instant credibility. So again, this is about two months into it. And this is where things really, the light switch just came on. I had gotten up for work one morning. It was five in the morning by myself. I know it was by myself. My wife was still asleep. We're the only ones in the house. I'm out at the kitchen counter. And I just had that feeling that someone's standing by me. Like I felt somebody walk in the room. So I turn around, nobody's there. It's like, that was weird. Go back to what I was doing. And I get this feeling again, but this time in my mind, I just see my sister and I see her. It, it's just weird trying to explain this. Mm -hmm. I'm looking one way, but in my mind, I can see behind me and I can see her and she's standing behind me and she walks up and she kind of puts her arms around me and puts her head on my shoulder. And, and again, I see this in my mind and I feel the energy. Yeah. And I was just like frozen because I was like, what, what, what the hell's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First experience, I was just like, what? Oh, yeah. Just gives me chili bumps when you, oh, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's amazing. It's just nuts. So about 20 seconds, I would guess. I mean, I was in shock. And, you know, she kind of just pulls away. And that was that. And I was left with wondering what, what was that. And, you know, I didn't say anything to anybody for a couple of weeks. And, again, I was working with these psychics. And. We were talking one day and I told my friend Linda, I was just like, I got to tell you something. I, I, you got to, I don't know what this is, but I had an experience and I didn't tell her about, I didn't, I don't think I told her anything beyond. I just had this weird experience and my sister came through to her and she basically said, tell my brother, that was me. And I was just like, <laughs> okay, I'm not nuts. <laughs> yeah. That was real. So I was like, okay, good. <laughs> You know, and it was probably another conversation a week or two later with Linda again. We're talking. We're just doing a Skype call. As we're talking, I hear this voice in my head. And I don't remember her father's name exactly now, but I think it was Jim. But anyway, so I hear this voice in my head say, tell her it's Jim. Out of nowhere, I hear this. like, Oh, boy. Ignored it because I was like, what the hell is that? We continue <laughs> to talk. I hear, I hear it again. Same thing. Tell her it's Jim. I was just like. Ignored it. Third time, he's like, I passed with cancer. Tell her it's Jim. Oh, my God. I stopped her. I was just like, Linda, I said, I don't know what the hell's going on. But I said, I'm hearing this voice. And this man is telling me that he passed a cancer and his name is Jim. And she's like, that's my dad. And I was just like, what the hell is happening? What is happening? And that's kind of where it really started. And she goes, well, you're a medium. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> you know, we had this debate for a good five minutes. And I'm like, the hell I am. No, I'm not. And I mean, I can stop there and give you a moment because there's, you know, that's where things really start, you know, walking into this path. It's just, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I, I too don't have the story where I, I had things happening in the crib, right? Yeah. In 2007, I was, or 2006, I was attuned to the Reiki. And the Reiki, the side effect for me was that it ignited all the spiritual senses. And I, too, I was like, 
what's happening? You know, this, this is, this, I felt, felt like I was going crazy. Yeah. And the mediumship just started happening while I was working on people, you know, with Reiki treatments. And suddenly I've got their grandparents or parents or whomever in the room with us. And I'm like, so yeah, it's, it's amazing how there are so, I'm finding more and more, there are more of us that are coming into this awareness midlife. Yeah. Either through trauma or the or the trauma of losing a loved one or 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 other people with, with Reiki. You know, the Reiki ignited theirs as well. So I think it's just fascinating. Your work is, I mean, it just speaks for itself. It's so much fun to watch you on your lives. And thank um, you. Okay, so that was 2015. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so what happened after that? Like, how did you start to progress? Did you find a teacher? Did you, yeah. yeah, what happened? Yeah. So, so the two women I was referring to Linda and, you know, my other friend, they were both like, you should really take a development course. You know, it's just the beginners. It's just that, you know, basically to explore, you know, and maybe yeah. find out what's going on. So I was like, okay. And which led me to my first teacher was a just a great friend of mine now you know we've we've been close ever since but it was funny because you know I started this class and it was just a four-week intuition development course and it was basically like it was a four-week program each week we'd learn a new Claire so the first week clairvoyance then clairaudience you know clairsentience and then whatever other one we, we were studying yeah. so I gotta say this though before before this class I had no idea what a medium truly was because I, again, reflecting back to John Edward, he never really talked about how he experienced spirit. Right. So in my mind, spirit, people who were mediums saw spirit like to do people. You yeah, know, they, with your they object- saw them with objectively, with your eyeballs. Yeah. 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 I heard them that, that way. So that was my my impression. So we start week one, clairvoyance. And we start talking about it. And I learned that only I think it's like 2% of people who do this actually see physically mm-hmm. and they experience outside their mind, objectively, objective mm-hmm. mediumship. Mm-hmm. The rest is all internal subjective. And I was just like, wait a minute. And then when she started talking about how we see things mentally in our third eye, in our mind's eye, just like if right now, if I was to say, can you imagine a rose in your mind? Yep. Most of us can picture a rose in our mind. And I was like, wait a minute. And like the light started flickering. And then the next week was clear audience, same thing. I'm like, all right, so it's self-talk. So it's like, I'm hearing my own voice, but it's actually spirit. Yes. And I was just like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, and I started to get excited about that, you know, and the week go on and we start working with it. And I was just like, whoa. Then I started looking back, you know, throughout my life and I'm like, all right, I can pinpoint a time where this happened and this happened. Yeah, I was just like, oh my God, it was there. You know, it was everywhere. I just was not aware. I had no idea it was like that because I was always intuitive. I always had that gut feeling like, you know, stay away from this person. You know, we all have that. But there was times now I look back and I was like, holy snikes, you know, that, <laughs> yes. that saved, you know. So it was funny because we get off done with that class and she's like you need to take this intermediate class with me and that's where we actually started doing readings now keep in mind i this is like my first exposure one month i've been doing this so we get into the second class and 
she has us doing these practice readings. She would set up clients and we would do it. And again, I'm like fresh. I'm green as can be. I'm mm -hmm. like, okay, I'll play along. And I remember to this day, we has she brought in a, a sitter. So there was on the Zoom screen, it was like her, me, and the sitter. So she says, all right, you got five minutes, whatever. Just, you know, whatever comes through. So I start doing this reading. And the woman that I'm reading after, after we're done, she goes, how long, it, where do I pay you for this? Because she's like, how long have you been doing this? I'm like, about four weeks. <laughs> and even Mimi, I could see her eyes. I could see her facial expression in the peripheral. And her, she was just sitting there like, you know, normally you don't have somebody this connected who's only been doing this four weeks. I had no idea. This is, to me, this is my normal at the moment. Yeah. So we get done with that class and she was like, we got to talk. She goes, I have this project that I do. I don't really go into the specifics about that because unfortunately the project's over, but it was basically like mediumship and I would work with her. And I'm like, what do you, why would you ask me to do? I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, I've been teaching for years and you're, you're different. <laughs> I'm like, okay. You know, again, this is my norm. I don't think anything of it. But as I start to do these readings and I start, and I got to back up because the way I really started working, I created a Facebook group with the sole purpose of just doing readings. I was like, I'm going to have people sit with me. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to just see what happens. Sure. And that's kind of how I've always been. It's like, I want to do things my own way. I get the tools, but I want to do it because that's how I learned. Mm -hmm. for me. So I just started doing readings for anybody that would sit for me. I would just start doing them and yep. doing them. Um, so she had asked me, you know, again, I start meeting these, you know, these other mediums and they start to see me work and they're like, how long have you been doing this? I'm like four months, three months. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can see the the head tilt. They're like, well, I've been doing this 20 years, you know? And I'm like, you know, and it was just, it was odd. It was just weird. It was just like, not, and I'm not trying to paint the picture that this was easy. You know, right. like it was all there day one and everything was peachy. I had to work my butt off yeah. and I still do. I mean, it's constant, you know yeah. that, mm -hmm. but I just had no fear about it. I didn't care. And maybe, you know, we talked about a lot of us coming into this midlife. I mean, honestly, when I was that age, I had been through so much. Oh my gosh. No kidding. I didn't care what people thought. It's like, yeah. I have this mission. I, I don't know. There was something inside of me that just drove me to do this. And I was like, maybe being in the military was a good thing because I have thick skin. I mean, yeah, you know, there, it's just as part of being in the military. So it's like someone telling me criticism that I don't know. I don't care. You know, you don't bother me. I don't know you. Yeah. I love so it. I just started doing it. And it was probably four or five months. I literally, somebody asked me to do a group reading, live group reading. It was funny because we were in this crystal shop. We'd only been in there a couple of times. And my wife heard the, the manager up front talking to this lady about wanting a medium. My wife starts nudging me in the side. She goes, tell him you're a medium. I'm like, I ain't no freaking medium yet. You know, and, <laughs> you know, she's like, just go talk to him. I'm like, are you guys talking about mediums? And they're like, yeah, do you know one? I'm like, well, I kind of am one, I think, you know. <laughs> And we got talking and, you know, they're, they're close friends now that the manager at the store at that time, but she's like, would you consider doing a group reading for the store? I'm like, all right. And I just said, yes. I didn't even think about it. I was like, sure. Why not? Uh -huh. You know, and it didn't settle in until after I left the shop that what I just got myself into. And I was like, whatever, you know, and I told her, I said, I'm not charging. Well, just, this is for me to learn from. So yeah. just let people know this is just an experiment. 
And I actually did a, it was a, I, I did a donation based thing and it was for the animal shelter. I said, you know what? Oh, I'll do it for awesome. donations. If people want to donate, they can, the money's going to go to the animal shelter. Yeah. So I go to this thing and it was only supposed to be 15 people, like 30 people end up showing up. Oh, so I'm standing up for everybody telling them what's going on, you know, explain it again. This is new. And I think it was the first 20 minutes. It was crickets. You know, I was kind of like, cause I got to say at this point, I was used to asking people when I sat with them, who do you want to hear from? Right. I didn't know that most people wait for the spirit to come in. I was very direct. I was like, who do you want to hear from? You know? And I, they were there, you know? So I had to switch mindset from that environment to doing group work. You can't really do that. You know, you kind of just open up. Yeah. So I was learning that night how to just open and let them come in. And about 20 minutes into it, I finally, I was like, got something. And I started making connections and, you know, awkwardly made my way through that gallery for about two hours. Oh, that's um, so awesome. <laughs> and from there, I just kept doing them. I kept just, I have a habit of just putting myself in uncomfortable situations and just that's the way this work is it's like so i just do I, somebody would ask me and i'd be like sure and i'd be like shit i did it again <laughs> <laughs> and then i'd go do another gallery and but b- between that you know the facebook lives and i gotta say this project i gotta go back to this and i'll i'll, I'll stop so i want to give you a chance because i can just ramble <laughs> just i love like, it <laughs> but going back to this project i worked with with mimi at the time and I'll tell you what it was. It was just, we used to interview, interview celebrities, but we did it different. It was like her way of doing it was so authentic. Nothing was scripted. Half the people she brought to me, I didn't know who these people were because she was into French art and all this. Mm-hmm. So there was these people that I didn't know and I didn't, we would do it. And then later she would validate what I brought through. And I was just like, what the hell? I didn't know, or I don't remember her saying it or, or she told me and I just forgot but she was putting these out on her YouTube channel. Oh, so I, I ended up setting up a website somewhere in between there. And all of a sudden I started getting people reaching out to me. They're like, Hey, I'd like to book a reading. I'm like, how, how did you know about me? You know, they're like, you're on YouTube. I'm like, no, I'm not. And I end up finding out that all these interviews were on her YouTube channel and people literally around the world finding out about me. And I was just like, what the heck? To this day, I never advertise and it's always been word of mouth, but that's where that really started. That's amazing. People found me on Facebook and, and literally just things started happening. You talk about divine intervention, I was putting just, on your path. Totally. I was just going to say that. It, it was like, I look back now and I said, there, there was something in play here well beyond my, me, you know, because it was crazy within a year or two, the audience that I had grown was just like, how the hell did this happen? Right. Right. You know, and I started doing these Facebook lives, you know, and I still have people like seasoned mediums that are just have this fear about doing them. I'm like, you got to do them. You have to. I said, if nothing else, this, it's the best informal training for doing gallery readings because it's so awkward. You have to learn to be uncomfortable with silence. You have to have patience. So there's so many tools within it, but I just started doing them. No there was nothing in mind about where this was going. Again, you know, I, I don't really, to this day, I don't look past right now. I still don't because of everything I go through. So people ask me, what do you plan? You know, I don't plan anything, Yeah. <laughs> but things just started happening, you know, and, uh. and one thing led to another. Just, I've met some just 
the, the most awesome people, you know, in the world. I mean, I've worked with mediums on literally pro probably every continent in the world. Yeah. It just, it blows my mind. Yeah. It just blows my mind what's happened. I love your fearless, just go. Fear fearlessly. It's just like, it's so inspiring. Okay. So with, re with regard to spirit. Yes. How has your how has your spiritual self changed? Your spiritual beliefs, your spiritual before your sickness, before your sister passed, were, was spirit part of your life? Did you were you spiritual? Did you believe in an afterlife? Did you did it ever occur to you to think about it? Did you grow up with religion? So, religion. I was brought up raised Roman Catholic. Uh, by the time I left for the military, I, I started to question religion. And that was just my personal thing that a lot of things just weren't adding up to me. And I decided, I no, this is not for me. As far as spirit, medium, you know, I, none of that. I think, again, when Jason first passed, that was my first look into what, what's happening. But then when I got sick and, and that happened, that gets the wheels turning on, you know, you start looking around at what's going to happen. Yeah. So I think at that moment when I when I first was diagnosed and all that, that was my first like look into maybe spirituality that I didn't know that's what it was called. But sure. you start wondering what's next, mm -hmm. you know, and even now I'm, I'm kind of different from a lot of people in a way that I have not changed who I am. I don't my belief is I know there's an afterworld. You know, I always say I'm 99% sure because I won't know till I'm there. Oh, you know, truth. I know, yeah. you know what I mean? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, but I, and people get a kick out of this because look, I'm me, you know, I have not changed. I still eat meat. I still drink beer. I still cuss like a sailor. Yeah. I have not changed. And I tell spirit all the time and I do this jokingly, but I'm serious at the same time when I want, especially when I'm doing lives and people ask me questions, I'm like, look, I look at them and I go, you picked me. Just remember that. You know what you were getting. <laughs> You knew yeah. what you were getting. <laughs> um, so my 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 outlook on what I do and what this is, I'm very a very basic person. Too much information, I just get out of the way. Yeah. So I go right to the source. You know. Now, if I'm off track with your question, please let me know. But I I, I want to put this out there that I wasn't a meditator. I still don't meditate as often. I do, but it's for a different purpose now. Right, right. Because in the beginning, I was taught, you know, Mimi taught us, you got to meditate, you got to open up the spirit, blah, blah, blah. And that's your opening. After a few weeks of that, I was like, I'm very impatient. I'm like, and I sit and I think a lot about everything. Yeah. I signed her one day. I'm like, why do I got to do this? Why do I have to meditate, talk to spirit? I don't have to do this to talk to a person. Spirit's all around us. Why do I need to do this? And I said to myself, the next session, I'm just going to sit and go. And guess yep. what? Spirit was there. Yep. Was in that moment I was like, okay, media or meditation has its purpose. It's important. I still believe it's important. Yes, but it's not necessary to communicate with spirit. Yeah, that's what I have found. They're there, and it's just a matter of switching your your awareness to them. The Completely. minute you speak, or the the second you think of spirit world, you're connected. Totally, you know, and that's what I found. So yeah, that's really. That was my experience too. I, at the beginning, I was, I thought I had to sit and prepare like for an hour yeah. before a reading. I'd like sit and meditate, silence, prayer, whatever with, you know, crystals or, 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 or whatever. Right. And then in after a few months of that, 
I did a practice reading for a mediumship teacher in England. And she, she was like, don't do that. You don't have to do that. You just show up. You know, if you want to take two minutes to calm yourself, yes, but you yeah. just have to show up. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I, the next time I was like, all right, guys, you know, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to write up to the last minute and I'm going to go sit down and boom. And you're right. You're absolutely right. They're there. <laughs> you know, and when I teach classes, night one, minute one, that's the first thing I look at. I tell them, it's like, look, you know, we're you can learn about chakras. I still don't know about energy. I should by now. I know a little bit more now, but <laughs> I was like, you know, I go, my, my sole purpose, my mission is to talk to spirit. And that's what I do. And I cut out a lot of the, the white noise in the beginning, because I want them to understand from day one. It's like, that, all that other stuff has a place, but I want you to understand spirit is all around you. And they're not somewhere else. It's not a magic trick. You don't have to go through rituals. <laughs> you sit. The second you think of them, you are in their world. You are connected. They're there waiting on you. Yeah. Yeah. And I prove it to them because they make a connection that oh, night, <laughs> some way, you know, I'm like, there you go. Evidence comes flying through. Yep. So, okay, so since 2015, what 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 did you find challenged you? What did you what did you what was difficult in your um, development? What did you find difficult? Now, I I know I had difficulties. I know there were. I'm just again, I I think for me personally because yes, I've taken classes, but in the beginning, those were the only two I took. And from there, it was kind of like, I'm going to go on my own. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have, I didn't know anything else. Though, you know, right. so there was none of this. Okay, this is what so and so taught me, I got to do this, or this is what this teacher taught me. So I got and that's another story in itself, too many teachers. But anyway, mm -hmm. So I kind of just started doing my own thing and learning how I, I know I had difficulties. It's hard to pinpoint. I don't want to make it sound like this was easy for me because again, it wasn't. Right. But I just kind of just did my thing. I didn't try to define what I did. I didn't try to fully understand or comprehend it. I just did it. And I would just sit here a lot of time. I would just sit here and thought and like, why do, why does this happen? What makes sense to me? You know, so there's a lot of self just inflection if that's a word you know and just discovering on my own and and just going after things that piqued my curiosity you know oh and definitely you know learning that when you're not making a connection it's not that you're doing something wrong like we all go through that so the first time i guess i encountered that that wait they're not there what's wrong what am i doing wrong and luckily i had people to talk with and like no that's normal you know, you're going to have sessions that are going to be loud and clear and some you're going to feel like you can't, you know, it's like pulling teeth. Totally. Mm -hmm. So once you learn that little thing, so those little things, yeah, the, every, the things we normally go through in our development, learning about why all of a sudden do I feel like I want to stop doing this and run away? You know, I'm just, you know, it was burnout. I didn't know what burnout was. All of a sudden I was just like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know? And then after a couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, now I feel like I want to go back. So it was learning about those, the ebb and flow of the energy and just learning that, you know, spirit's a three-way thing. It's between the, the medium, the spirit, and the person sitting in front of you. Yeah. That energy is all entwined. So if something's out of whack, you know, it's going to affect the energy of the session. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So those mm -hmm. little nuances and stuff like that, I would definitely say were difficulties, you know, mm -hmm. you just learn about them and 
you know, have a good network of people that you can deal, you know, talk with to help you understand that this is normal. Yeah. 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 What do you, now that you've been doing this as long as you have, what do you believe happens after we die? So my belief is that, you know, once we leave our body, that we go somewhere. And I believe that whatever thought we have of what that afterlife is going to be, my feeling on that is that's what we're going to experience. So for me, I've always, I don't know where I've read so many books, but I read that, you know, you can pre-plan, you know, if you want to live in a cabin in the woods, you know, so that's my mind. It's like when I cross over, I want to go to my cabin on this little lake and that's going to be my afterlife for a awesome. while. You know, so, you know, I just, it's kind of a mix of, we'll just see what happens, but I just have this in my mind of, you know, this is what it's going to look like to me, you know, yeah. and we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you think a lot of people ask me, you know, after we cross over, after our loved ones are, are on the other side, I had one lady that was so upset. She was in the thick of grief. I mean, she was in the thick of grief. And she was she was so upset because a medium she had sat with the week or two before told her that she couldn't talk with her husband or whomever it was. I think it was her husband. Couldn't talk with him because he had already reincarnated. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I, I tell people, it's like, look, first and foremost, mediums do not have all the answers. I, I tell people, it's like, man, I don't know any more than you do. I just, I have just learned to communicate with them, which everybody is capable of doing. I've had little glimpses. I've had what comes through in readings and I have the information I've read in books. I don't think it's anybody's, I don't know. I, it, it's tough because I, I don't think we should be telling them things like that. No. I think that's, because I've read the op I've read that we can incarnate many times as at, at the same time. Right. Yeah. You know, I've had that thought too. You know, what if I go to the other side and my sister's already back here? So now I don't get to see her. So my thought is, and I've read this, I've heard other mediums talk about it, that only a small portion of our soul comes to, into this body, like less than 10%. Are the rest of us, our higher self, yeah. maybe. I've heard people talk that about that. We're still on the other side. Yeah. So there's always this coming going. Yeah. You know, the way I see it is it's like, it's like our soul is the hard drive of a computer. Mm -hmm. And this life that I'm experiencing right now is a file on the inside of that hard drive. And past lives are other files in that hard drive. So mm -hmm. we are still there and we're here at the same time. And if our loved one, I think, I truly believe that our soul family, our soul group, we travel together. I, I believe that yes. we all, we all hang out and wait for each other, you know, but at the same time, if somebody decides to come back, they're still there when we get there, that personality, that aspect of their soul still comes to us when we cross over. Yes. I, I, that's a good analogy. That, that's perfect because yes, we have our soul families, our soul groups on the other side. And I always talk about the books by Dr. Michael Newton, who talks about life between lives. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I always say, I have this funny feeling that when I was there 
planning this. I'm here on like a triple dog dare. Someone says, I triple dog. I'm not going back. Why triple dog dare to go back again? I'm like, okay, here I am. And I'm like, damn it, they did it again. <laughs> They're like, look what he's going through now, that sucker. <laughs> we told him don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another thing that a lot of people ask me. What is an example of a session that you had with somebody where you truly witnessed the springboard of healing that was being offered to them through this connection with whomever it is they desperately needed to hear? This, this, this always comes forefront in my mind. <clears throat> it's a little bit long, but I will, this, okay. this right here is something that I'll never forget ever. I was at a, a point where I was ready to just pack it up and walk away. And I go through this quite often. And I remember vividly talking to my sister on the other side going, "You, I need something. I need something to keep me going because right now I'm just ready to be done. So this the crystal shop that I mentioned earlier, yep. we would normally go a couple times a month and it was at the next town down. So we would normally go on a Friday. This time we went on a Thursday. We would normally go out to eat before. This time we decided, let's go afterwards. So we go in this crystal shop. And as soon as I walked in, something felt different. It was just like, just something was off. Something was very odd. Uh, my friend who was up front, you know, she was up working at the counter, doing her thing. And there was only one other person in the room. And she was over in the corner looking at some things. And I go up to my friend, I'm like, you know, what's up? She goes, it's just nuts in here today or just crazy. I said, I'm the crazy one. I talk to dead people. The woman that was over in the corner, just her head spun around and she came right up to the counter and she's, and she just hugged me. She grabbed me and hugged me because I've been looking for somebody like you and, you know, just, oh my God. And she wanted, you know, a session. And at that point I told her, I said, well, I'm on a break right now, but here's my card. As soon as I'm back, well, you know, I'd be happy to sit down with you. So she hugged me again. She was just lit up. And as we're talking more, we go back to talking to my friend and me and my wife and her. And all of a sudden I start feeling this presence, you know, and I don't, I'm not one of those to go up to people. I don't go up to anybody and give them like spontaneous right. readings. Right. But something was going on and I felt this presence. I felt this man and I knew it was connected to her. And she happened to be up front. And I said, you know, I'm just curious. I said, would you be, you know, open for a message? I said, I don't normally do this, but, you know, we're in a crystal shop. You're open to this. Obviously, would you be up for a message? She goes, yes. I said, I have a man coming through that is showing me that he took his life. She dropped to the floor, oh. complete hysteric, crying her eyes out, just and I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's right. Five minutes straight. She's just like, why? why? You know, just. Yeah. And actually, she's OK with me telling this story because I told her, I said, I talk about this all the time because that day it was about it was about her and I mm -hmm. for two different reasons. Totally. So she stands up, she composes herself. And I asked my friend, I said, can I use one of your Reiki rooms so we can go sit down and talk? So we go back. And he, her, it was her boyfriend. So he ended up taking a, a gun, shooting himself in the head right in front of her. 
Oh. And of course, she's like, why, why, why? You know, why did this happen? And I still, I remember every detail. And normally I don't, but, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll keep the details private. But, you know, he, he was going through a diagnosis, a recent diagnosis that wasn't pretty that led to it. And it just, it was a, out of fear. Because he said to her, the moment I crossed, I, I knew I shouldn't have done this. But then he went into other things, just validating things, you know, just one thing after another. And she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And it was towards the end. It was the last thing. And I said, he's doing this right now. I said, I don't know. Did he have an earring? And, she, and it was one of many moments where her jaw just was like, oh, my God. And she put her hand up. She goes, we used to work in a bar together. And if we were across the room, that's how we used to tell each other that we loved you. Aww. I love you. And that was, you know, the session. That's amazing. After that, we're still in the room. She goes, and, and her demeanor at the time was night and day between the time we walked in and the time we walked out. Yeah. But before we left, she had told me that this was to a point that it had been two years. And then, you know, she had, she was having trouble going on. And basically she said without saying it, that this, that saved her life. Yeah. You know, and she goes, I haven't smiled for two years. And this, this is going to be a good year. She just lit up. I mean, it was just like, even when we went out, my wife and my friend were like, what the hell happened? The energy, even when we were in there, she's, they felt the energy shift in the store. It was just amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> it's not done yet. There's one more part. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're driving home, right? And we're driving. It's a two hour drive. So I'm just in my own world. And my sister, I hear her all of a sudden she goes, was that a big enough sign? To say I lost it, it would be an Seriously. <laughs> I forgot all about those couple weeks ago where I was bitching about, you need to, I need something. I need something. Yeah. Well, I got it. You got it. <laughs> That's beautiful. You know, to, to, to be a witness as we are of, of, that that healing the power in spirit that yeah we access and touch it, it's just miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle and yeah. that experience you had been given that opportunity for her and for you it's just yeah it's awesome you know, I reflect on that, you know, and, and, but out of all the time doing this, that, that, that's probably at the top of when I start going through these periods of why do I do this? Why do I put myself through this? You know, it's just moments like that, that bring me back and remind me that, yes, I still have the choice. It's my choice if I want to do this or not, but I see what it does for people. I know what it did for me when I was going through all that stuff. You know, I didn't have yeah. mediumship readings that would have probably made some things a little bit better, but knowing <clears throat> that we go on in some way, you know, I know we can't heal everybody, you know, that's, we can give them messages, but I think that it gives 
some, you know, it does. It, it gives them a little bit of hope that, okay, there, there's the possibility, even if they don't believe it, they can at least now consider the possibility that there's more after the physical world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when I, when I was going through my illness, that that's what kept me like from probably going into a, a deep depression is knowing that if, if this doesn't work out, I know there's more, yeah. I know there's more, you know, Completely. and that was just from watching John Edward on TV and reading books. You know, I never had an experience with a medium until, you know, after I was a medium. <laughs> so yeah. That's a good point. You know, I'm thinking back on my own. I think I had experienced a medium maybe once, you know, and yeah, that's that's a good point. Interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's what do you what would you like to leave for the listeners? Any words you know, of wisdom, any last minute nuggets that you might be able to share yeah I, and and i always go with something that's like just at the top of my mind right at the moment and i think it's just you know allow yourself to be curious you know even if you don't believe in mediums you don't believe in after just at least allow yourself to be curious enough to maybe take a look and consider like i said consider the possibility that there's more you don't have to get a reading. You don't have to look any anything beyond that. But just, I can speak from personal experience. Just having that thought, notion, knowing that there's a possibility that there's more. Again, when I was going through everything I've been through, it's just there's something in that just little piece that gives you peace, peace of mind, and maybe eases whatever discomfort you're going through. That okay, this isn't you know maybe it's not just the lights out, darkness, you're done. There's nothing more. I just think people just give yourself that, that opportunity to be curious and just consider the possibility that there's more. Mm -hmm. Perfect. That would be it. (laughs) See, I pulled that straight out of nowhere. (laughs) Where can people find you? So my website's michaelchristophermedium.com. Um, I'm on Facebook, just Michael Christopher, Evidential Medium. And I'm also on Twitter. And I can't remember my, my Twitter handle at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's something like Michael Medium 53, I believe. Okay. <laughs> or okay. at Michael Medium 53. Yeah, that is it. <laughs> and YouTube? Uh, yeah, I, I, I always forget about YouTube. Yeah, I just started. I've had a channel for forever. And I've just started doing my live videos and broadcasting them also to YouTube. Excellent. So I know there's a couple of videos out there floating around. All right. Especially on gonna, Facebook. <laughs> there's going to be one more soon. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is great. I appreciate this invitation to join oh, you. I really do. Thank you so much for being here. This has just been an in, in inspiration. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Something Super Spiritual Podcast. If you know someone who would enjoy this episode, please do share it with a friend. For show notes, links, and to purchase a mediumship reading, my website is somethingsuperspiritual.com. You can also easily subscribe and follow the show on your favorite app, sign up for my newsletter for bonus content, and to keep the conversation going, you can easily join the Facebook community. It's all right there at the website, somethingsuperspiritual.com. Signing off for now, namaste.